Skeleton crew, shall we say? Mm. Uh, the original, <laughs> yeah, the hardcore, crew. the old school, old school original crew. Uh, Dan Miller, myself, Dave Scotland, and a bit of a different show to the flavour that we've been using in the last, uh, say, year, shall we say? Mm-hmm. We're going back to something similar to where we started, which was to do some shows uh, based on uh, tech, some sort, sometimes gizmos, sometimes. Um, um, just general geek wares mm. from the geekosphere. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little close to our heart uh, because recently we've become um, a budding wannabe uh, drone enthusiasts. <laughs> well, we're definitely drone enthusiasts. Yes. We're, well, we're enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we sort of try to nestle into that um, prosumer um, which to qualify that meaning is basically it's um, professional esque gear, mm. but we don't make money from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we try to come out of just the straight consumer toy level. Yeah, although yeah. it's all toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we love toys that you can't give to kids. Mm-hmm. Big boys toys are the best. You're right. Um, so we're uh, we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about um, our experiences, uh, some of the things that we've come across recently uh, that have piqued our interest. Uh, we're also going to talk about a potential project that we're looking at um, uh, opening up to the audience and to um, a, a, a sister site to um, Voyage of the Geek, which is um, CG SWAT, mm-hmm. um, another site that we've got some content uh, on, and uh, try and open up the participation or streaming participation into the process, and we'll discuss that in a lot more detail later on. Uh, but how's things, Dan? Uh, you're... Uh, You've you've probably flown most recently. Mm-hmm. What was your most recent trip uh, like? Well, first of all, um, let's tell people what we're, <coughs> what we're flying. What's our mm-hmm. uh, what's our entry vehicle what's into? What's the deal? Uh, we, we've gone out and bought identical drones. Mm-hmm. There's a science behind it. What's mm-hmm. the science? Why did we buy identical drones, Dan? Because they're the best. Well, that, <laughs> um, and we get to. Um, halve the learning curve a little bit True. and share that learning curve and and double the amount of uh, experience, I guess, by mm. sharing uh, our individual experiences. Mm. Uh, we also get to um, minimise the amount of trial and error, I guess, mm. uh, that is re- required with trying to shoot cinematic content. Uh, and I guess that's a caveat for what we're discussing tonight as well, is that we're we're really coming from a cinematic perspective. We, we don't really fly, fly for fun, although it is fun mm. to fly. Mm. We don't do it for fun. We do mm. it f- 
there's more professional sort of spin on what we do. <clears throat> you coming from a uh, tracking um, enthusiasm, you, mm-hmm. you're um, you're wanting to capture some really cool stuff to track, to mm-hmm. do some uh, footage tracking and camera tracking yep. uh, for CG work. And um, me, likewise, the next couple of steps beyond tracking, which is CG integration, lighting, matching, color grading, color yeah, yeah. correcting, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that's hopefully where we'll discuss this towards the end of the show, a project that we've got in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, as we speak about what we've been up to, we're not out sort of racing them. We don't do first person mm-hmm. stuff uh, mm-hmm. with the goggles. Um, we're really trying to capture cinematic footage uh, as, as best we can with mm. the knowledge we have and with the tools that we've got. But we use um, um, DJI Mavic Airs mm-hmm. and uh, they're brilliant. They are brilliant. I think they're the, the best drones that are out there. And like you said, it's the sort of prosumer level. Mm. So it's a top shelf level. Uh, quick disclaimer from me, I'm kind of crook, so yes. I might have to actually cough. There, there could be some coughing and spluttering and yes. there won't be any editing of that out. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's proof that we are streaming. So what we've got, we've got one right here. This is the DJI Mavic Air. It's um, completely, uh, fold that up, Dan. Mm. Um, it, it It's quite literally sold as something that can fit in your pocket. Now, granted, you need a big pocket, mm. but not ridiculously big. Mm. Um, and it completely folds up. Um, it has two... Five gigahertz antennas in in two of the front legs. Um, it's four K. It's a four K camera. Um, it shoots. Um, I haven't got the specs in front of me, but it shoots um, uh, slow mo. Um, so what sixty? It can do up to sixty. You can do up to one hundred and twenty frames per second. That's right. One hundred and twenty at at ten eighty. Yeah, if you lower down lower the res a little bit. And four K, it'll shoot sixty, I believe. Sixty frames per second. Uh, at 4K. I think it'll do thirty. Does it? 60, yeah, 30. And um, uh, 30 frames per second at 4K. And the gimbal stabilisation is yeah. stunning. Like yeah. we've yeah. we've flown in, in crazy wind, mm. um, really crazy wind, mm. and the shots look like they're on a tripod. It's quite amazing. It's got two kind of levels of um, stabilisation. One's the drone itself, which keeps itself nice and stable. Yep. Uh, GPS and, you know, in a, in a stable position. Yep. And it also, you know, keeps itself from yawing and, and rolling and whatever. And the gimbal. And then the gimbal on top of that. And there's the, another the layer so of good. stabilization. Yeah. The gimbal is so good, people buy the gimbal just on a stick. Like it's yeah. the tech that goes into these gimbals can be bought, what do they call it, an Osmo or something like that? I can't no, remember. I forgot what it's Ozone called. Ozone or Osmo. <clears throat> um, Lamo. Yeah, th- they're stunning as well to look at the footage out of those things because mm. you can literally jog and run around and jerk around and the things are rock solid. Um, so that stabilisation um, through the giz- uh, through the gimbal is is, is outstanding. How, m- how much flight time do we get out of these again? For one battery? Yeah. Um, it's about 15 minutes. Well, they it say says, 20, but it says 20, but in real, you know, realistically, you don't want to fly until there's no battery left. Well, we tend to, what are yours? Is yours set to standard about 20% remaining? You get the warning? Oh, I have it on a nice, safe 30%. Yeah. So yeah. you get about 10 or 15 mm. minutes. Yeah. Something like that. That's yeah. okay. I mean, if you. It's a fair amount of time. It's a fair amount of time. And a lot of the, the time, I think you want to do adjustments and you want to do tweakings and you want to do um, other different things. So you tend to want to bring the drone in anyway, um, maybe make a few changes and then launch it again. And a lot of the stuff that I find that I'm doing or we're doing the cinematic footage is you don't actually want to film for an hour. No. 
you want to film for 30 seconds yeah. to a minute yeah. and it's just and then you fly to a new new location. Yep. Film for 30 seconds and then fly. So, yeah, the battery life kind of works out. I yeah, know. I think when you first get it, <clears throat> get behind the controls, you want to go up uh, a little bit longer, but then once you master it mm. and you know where the where the boundaries are and things like that, um, for our type of work it is. It, it, it's literally seconds mm. uh, because <clears throat> we're talking um, doing visual effects shots um, and plate photography for a visual effects shot is rarely longer than two or three seconds. You know, a, a five-second shot is an, is an eternity mm. in, in visual effects work because mm. we're talking about 150 frames, you know, and um, that's a lot of frames to, to render and to process. So, mm. um, so yeah, it's I've, I've never left myself – the only thing I've – when it comes to battery life is I learnt very quickly through one of my outings that you can't really leave the the batteries in the case for say two weeks they were full when I put them in the case two weeks ago and then I went out and most of the batteries were on 50% so they don't have much of a shelf they don't hold their charge um, on the shelf life um, too much this is um, you know there's probably a whole bunch of um, stuff about battery care that you should be concerned with Mm. another one of the issues is that that battery is full of energy Mm. so if you charge it up to 100% there's a lot of energy in there and it's probably not good to just keep it there sort of bubbling and, you know, brimming at the, you know, bulging at the, you know, with its maximum energy anyway, so. Sitting in a case with three other batteries. That yeah, and full. temperature, heat temperature changing wildly, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, battery care, I think, is a, is a fairly important thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think with these these batteries, when they go bang, they go bang in a big way. Mm. Um, and they burn at <clears> such <throat> an incredible heat when yeah. they do explode. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not putting that fire out. You know, the, that's why you're not allowed to sort of, well, Flights and planes are, you know, really concerned because they're like, you know, it's like a tin of petrol or something yeah. or other. Really, the battery Absolutely. just compressed down to a small block. Yeah, they're full of energy. Um, so that's just a bit of an intro. So yeah, DJI Mavic Air. Um, uh, so we we started talking about drones on a show ages ago. One of our earliest shows. Yeah, got to be with one of the first five shows that was yeah. we did a drone show. Yeah, yeah. So and we looked at drone racing, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So. And it was one of our few really restrictive copyright hits that we got for for one of our shows mm-hmm. came from that drone show, mm-hmm. and it actually came from a, a 10 or 15-second chunk of film that we used from YouTube mm-hmm. of a drone fly, racing around a car park in Taiwan or something like that. Okay. And they hammered us, like mm. literally hammered us over <laughs> yeah. that over that. Um, and we've played blockbuster trailers and all sorts of things and chunks of field footage from films and whatever and without a problem and this piece of shit footage from some car park in Taiwan of a drone flying around massive hit on on the on the uh, YouTube YouTube goes a bit crazy with this sort of thing these days so it's good that we um, I think it's really cool that that's sort of come to fruition now that we talked about that tech yeah. a while ago and yeah, it's now, as you said, you know, we're super enthusiastic about it. And like I was flying out flying last weekend and looking forward to going out this weekend. Yep. We, um, we're out um, as soon as the weather's, <coughs> the weather's good, we're mm-hmm. out. 
um, when, when, uh, whenever we can, which is um, we're, we're in Australian winter at the moment, so it makes for some stunning days. I mean, you got to rug up to go out there. Mm-hmm. That's probably why you're crook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, standing in the freezing cold, <laughs> wind blowing off the mountains at yeah. minus five. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you just forget how cold it is because you're enjoying what you're doing. But yeah, an awesome winter day when it's, um, you know, crisp mm. and uh, cold and the sun is out and the yeah. sky is blue. It's a pity it's a bit dry around, isn't it? Mm. Like mm. for a winter, it's, um, uh, you're, you're going to show some footage uh, later on that you did take and the first thing you notice is how dry it is because we're going through a bit of a drought. Ah, well, we always go through a bit of a drought. It's always pretty dry, really. Um, okay, so <clears throat> some news items. Yeah, let's start out with... Um, Let's have a look at some of the things that have piqued our interest. Uh, mm. We've we've gone out and had a bit of a look on our own mm. to try and find some stuff that uh, is interesting. Uh, what did you come up with? What's uh, what's something that has uh, floated your boat in the world of drones recently? Well, been enthusiastic about drones. Been interested in drones. Been interested in um, uh, DJ, DJI, mm-hmm. which is the company at the moment that makes probably the best drones. It's the best drone company. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so that is the Phantom Pro. That's the mm. Phantom. That's one of theirs, yep. right? And that's a classic drone that if you type in drones on the internet, you'll see that yeah. flying around. The Phantom or the Aspire. Yeah. Um, then they've got another one, which is a little tiny one, which is the Spark, which the, is more closer to the sort of... Super light. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit more toyish one. That one yeah. there. That's, that's the, the Mavic. Um, the, the Mavic. That's the Mavic and the Mavic Pro mm-hmm. is what they're called. And the ones that we have are the Mavic Air. And the Mavic Air is the sort of evolution of the Mavic Pro. Yeah, it takes um, some of the good stuff that they did with the Spark, mm. some of the good stuff they did with the Mavic Pro, and uh, try to wrap it all into a, a smaller Spark-esque um, small package. Um, and they got it pretty right. A and lot of people actually prefer this one over the Mavic, even though the Mavic does um, have some more camera capabilities. Yeah, yeah. Um but this thing uh, holds its own. Um, the Mavic can last a little longer in the air as well. It'll be yeah, more flight yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but even with those things, mm. people are still sort of leaning towards this one. Um, value for money, you know, and what it can do. Packed with features. Yeah. Yeah. It's like literally crammed with features. It's yeah. amazing the, the amount of stuff that's squeezed into two mobile phones with yeah. four propellers. Well, the Mavic Pro <coughs> punches well above, above its weight, doesn't it? Mm. Like, it really holds its own. With, well, the Mavic Air? Well, mean? the Pro. Like, oh, okay. Like, um, as far as flight time, mm. um, uh, features, the camera capabilities, the fact that you can zoom um, this, this, you've got control over the gimbal mm-hmm. um, in, a, in in well, more camera controls, I guess. Um, and so it keeps up with some of the more pro um, drones that are out there that people are shooting professional content with. Yes. So the story yes. that I wanted to bring starts a little bit before our drone time. Yeah. I think about 2015. And that was um, when DJI, because DJI is now probably, I guess, is the world leader in these, uh, in producing drones. I'd agree with that. I'd say they're yeah. the biggest, yes. Yeah. Not only the biggest, but they're the best. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Right? Yeah. So this is back in 2015 when DJI probably wasn't the biggest or the best, and um, they had a competitor. Which is the Karma, the drone called the Karma. Uh, yes, yes. Is Karma was um, GoPro's uh, GoPro's Audi. drone. 
Yeah. It was, okay. a sh- it was a short outing. It was a short outing. That's right. <laughs> it promised so much. Yeah, yeah. So this Karma drone came out and had all of these, um, you know, this sort of hype that was generated for it. Yep. And, um, now, we weren't kind of into the drones at that stage. But, um, yeah, so all this hype about GoPro Karma, blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately for GoPro Karma, as soon as they bought out their drone and, you know, it's got a camera on, it's got propellers and it flies around, awesome. DJI, just like at the same time or a little bit after, brings out the Mavic Pro, which has longer battery life, flies faster, bigger camera, more memory, you know, better looking, folds up smaller, everything. (laughs) Across the board. Across the board. Yeah. And really just sort of blew the the karma. Um, kind of out of the water, right? We slammed it and and set it at a at a cost at a at a price point mm. that um, the other that's that's the other thing that the karma just couldn't compete with. Like yeah. the, the karma, in order to make the money that they probably spent on development, mm. being not a drone company, mm. yes, uh, not a drone company. This is right. very important. Um, they had to get some of that money back, so they set the price point at a certain point, right? Because you can't take money out of. God forbid you take money out of the seven billion dollars profit you you took last year, shareholders and all that shit. Um, and so many companies f- fail from this same reason. But they set the price point to pay off some of that development, and as a result, couldn't stay competitive in the marketplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was a bit of a problem. And I think that um, GoPro, they've now laid off all of their sort of development team. and They're struggling as a company. They're now struggling as a company. You know, they say, you know, blood on the carpet. It's a bit of a serious, you know, situation for them. Massive amount of composition out there even for their camera market now, for the, yeah. uh, the rugged uh, action cameras Yeah, you know, is the genre, I guess they call it. And so much more competition, Sony, big players too, mm-hmm. you know, not just uh, uh, strap-on wannabes that just copy their tech. Mm. There's a lot of other options out there that off, can potentially offer more for the same price point. Mm. All right. So that's the kind of history of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one, is the next sort of bit of the story is DJI are now sitting at the top of their game they're at the peak of the curve. They have maximum, you know, saturation in the market. Well, I don't know. They got a lot of saturation. You know, they're mm-hmm. now sort of famous. They're world leaders. They're smashing the competition. Yep. But nipping at their heels, of course, is the, like the Chinese who are like furiously copying everything as fast as they can. And there's loads of other people bringing out all sorts of different things. So, dot, dot, dot. We're waiting for what's their next move on the chessboard. Yep. Okay, so a few weeks ago, they sort of started to play their next move on the chessboard. They made a... They organised an event. An event. They had an event, an announcement. Launch. Yeah, a launch, a launch event. Um, But then, strangely, they cancelled it. They postponed it. Postponed it. Mm -hmm. (coughs) To a date unknown. Yes. Mm. With no... um, No warning. No warning and no description of what what the deal is. Yep. So this is a bit strange. Mm. So, and then what happened, weirdly, perhaps coincidentally, wink, wink, is some pictures were released of their new product. That's right. The Mavic 2 slash, well, Mavic 2 might be their new new product. Well, the picture I've seen <coughs> says Mavic 2. It doesn't say Mavic Pro 2, which is also a mm-hmm. bit of contention out there. 
or the Enterprise is another. Oh, thing. really? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I think maybe two pictures were were released, mm-hmm. and um, so everybody, you know, who's super experienced with this, starts de- dissecting the pictures and taking it apart and trying to work out what is DJI going to do, because you know. They've got the initiative right at the moment. Yep. Everybody's waiting for them to make a move. Yep. And and we'll see what happens. So, aha, well done. Brought up the pictures. So, um, in these two pictures that we've got up here, you can see some droney looking thing, which is pretty cool. And then it seems to have <clears throat> some very big, <laughs> heavy pieces of equipment strapped to its head. Yes. So, it's got some sort of, I don't know, speaker looking sonar detector tech thingo that yeah. looks bloody huge. Looks like some kind of modular thing. And then there's some other what the hell that is. And there's some other thing that looks like a siren or who knows what, what that is. It looks like thing. it's got a strobe a strobe ping on the top of it. Maybe it's a LiDAR radar. I don't yeah. know what it could be. So there's that picture but there's but, also, there's but also a on, different Before picture. we leave that picture, the important thing is you can see there's gigantic hand screws on there. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you can take those off and put them. Like in, it's a modular unit. Yeah. Which is interesting. Which is interesting. Do you have the other picture up by any chance? I do. Okay, so the other picture um, doesn't have all that gear on the roof, but what it does have is the camera Mm. on a gimbal. Yep. All right. Well, notice that this one is the Mavic 2. It says it on the arm here. And the other one was the Enterprise? The other one said Mavic Enterprise. Right. And so that could be... (coughs) The subtle difference between the two is that one might be st- Enterprise might be strap all the gizmos on, mm. and the uh, and the Mavic Two might be a little bit filed down or out of the box. But the Mavic Two has an interesting thing there, doesn't it? Yeah. So the other thing that DJ, DJI do is camera gimbals. Mm. So for those who don't quite know what that means is, imagine you have a stick and you stick on it a bunch of motors. And then you, you know, can bolt on, strap on your camera to all of those motors. And then when you're holding the stick and moving the camera around, the um, those motors can keep the camera really steady, yep. really stable. Gy- uh, gyroscopic. Gyroscopic, yeah. Um, gyroscopic uh, data is fed to motors, electric motors. Mm-hmm. To uh, So if you sort of... If you tilt left it, the motor's actually correct and tilt it back right so that the the, the whole time, it doesn't matter what you do, mm-hmm. the camera stays level. Okay, so... In near real time. So, the GoPro Karma that I talked about back at the start... Oh, yes. It had a modular camera gimbal yeah. thingy, you could which take was the it GoPro. Off. You could take you could it take off, off the drone and stick it on a stick. <clears throat> yes. Because the gimbal was the tech. So you can see on that drone over there that they're sitting on the table. Mm. There's a sort of a box with well, this, a gimbal on it. Yeah, this looks like a gimbal, doesn't it? And and well, there's some sort of box there. If you have a look closely, it looks like there's a screen on there as well and some buttons. There's a screen. There's a record button here. Mm-hmm. It looks like a USB charger laying across it or something. But clearly that's the same gimbal or a very similar gimbal mm-hmm. um, to this square one here. So let's imagine for a second you've got a this – is the, this is the theory on what the product could be. Let's imagine that you've got a camera gimbal. So essentially you've got a mobile phone with a gyroscopic gimbal and a nice, really nice camera attached. Mm. So you walk around with your mobile phone, waving it around, um, and then the gimbal's doing a steady cam yep. as, you're, as you're filming. Yeah. 
set up all of your settings and say you're filming something, you're filming the front of a house or something or other. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Then what you can do is grab that and then just like clip it into a drone, that whole assembly, and then fly the drone up and do the same trick, but now you're flying around the top of the house yeah. looking at the roof and everything. Separate the, the gimbal tech from the drone mm -hmm. um, so that the gimbal tech is a Separate commercial entity unto, unto itself. Which is what DJI is already selling on there. They already sell gimbals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this I looks swear like... It's, I swear it's called... I'll, I'll have a look at it. Yeah, continue. Um, so this looks like kind of where they're going. Um, and if you marry that up with the other one, so that was the Mavic 2, the Enterprise one, it seemed to have all of these strange bits and pieces that you could stick on the roof of the, the drone and sort of screw them in. Mm -hmm. Kind of looks like that has the gimbal as well. Yep. So... It's this... This is the unit here. It's a Osmo. <clears throat> Osmo, there this you go. This is the DJI Osmo, mm -hmm. mm. which has got this sort of circular. But this is all one. You don't take that top unit off. It doesn't come off. i got a feeling, though, you, you, or maybe it does come off because I think some people do use their mobile phones on these units. Oh, okay. Maybe you can put it on a tripod. Yeah, here it is. I don't here. know if you want to here put it, it on a here. tripod, but. Okay. So you can take it off. The, obviously, the gyroscopic motors are inside these two sections here all right so you've got them inside there and inside there and you've got controls down here on the handle grip they're a really wicked well from what i've heard they're a really wicked bit of kit mm. so all right so this is bit that's basically it this is pretty much all we know i've mm -hmm. got one other little factoid to, to add to the the pot but I've, I've heard a bit of um, – you, you, you tell me your factoid and then I've got a bit of uh, gossip I read this afternoon. Well, the, the wrap-up sort of story is that um, DJ – so remember what we're talking about is taking initiative and, you know, getting the best engineers and the best, you know, people to make the coolest products. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so it might be modular drones might be the next evolution, yep. Yep. you know, where you, you know, you buy the basic thing and yep. then you can just – Download, or well not download, but purchase additional bits and pieces and you just clip yep. them on to make it do different things. Like red camera stuff. Yeah, red camera. By the brain and then you <laughs> yeah, buy the, yeah. the screen and the... And that could open up a sort of a third party market where other people can yeah. come in and they can make a yep. LiDAR detecting sonar wave detector and it just bolts onto the top of your Mavic and, yeah. and away you go. Yeah. Um, well, so this, this afternoon I read a, um, a statement that was... Um, apparently mm. from somebody that works at DJI and what they've said is that the the reason why the event was postponed and therefore the subsequent release date has been postponed as well um, was nothing to do with the tech and everything to do with supply uh -huh. There's a certain amount of a product that needs to be. This is this is as as this story read. There's a certain amount of the product that needs to be stockpiled mm -hmm. because they've shown through previous tech-based releases, um, if you don't have enough stockpiled for when it goes on sale, you damage your brand, uh -huh. and you also. Um, nobody send people to your competition. Oh, okay. I want a drone. Can't buy this one. Oh, I'll just yeah. grab a whatever. I'm excited about this. What? I've got to wait how long? <clears throat> yeah. You know, four uh, months? Yeah. No, screw fuck it. that. I'll buy not something. only fuck that, not yeah. only am I going to go and buy another drone, I don't like you anymore as a company. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And they've shown that that is, <clears throat> that's a thing. Right. And I get that. I, I definitely understand that. 
Um, so that's apparently the real reason. But you never know. It's speculation. From well, I heard from a semi-reliable source, yes, which is not reliable, that it was a problem with the product. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The gimbal, in fact. There was some that was, I faults, and they'd already got 250,000 of them all in boxes. Yep. And so they're now going to take them all apart and put in an extra washer yep. or whatever it is <laughs> in all the boxes and then sticky tape all the boxes up again. Yep. And that's what they're doing. So, yeah. So your <laughs> your rumour factoid is- Flipped on its head. Yeah, it's different from mine. So who knows? Um, and, and you can hear, you could hear the truth from the person- that is closest the has the closest connection to the actual real factual mm-hmm. circumstances, mm. and in this day and age, with the internet what it, being what it is, it will still turn into rumor and innuendo <laughs> equal very quickly with fact. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very like people will take stuff that is real, mm. hence flat Earth, right? <laughs> yeah. And they will corrupt it into some conspiracy bullshit. Yeah. Right as fast as you can take something that isn't real mm. and turn it into fact. Yeah, yeah. And that's the shitty fucking <laughs> world that we, we, we have to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very keen to see what does actually get released with the Mavic. Um, I came this close to buying a Mavic instead of the Air. Oh, the Mavic Pro. The, the Mavic uh, the Mavic. Well, Pro. the regular, yeah, okay. Yeah. The Mavic Pro. Well, I think you probably made a good decision. In, in I, I think in hindsight, yeah, I think you're right. So anyway, watch this space. Um, DJI, you know, they're they're leaders. They've got the initiative, yeah. and it's a crowded market, and there's a thousand thousand people and Chinese people ready to copy everything. And so we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, one of the stories that um, I was going to have a look at, but I, I chose to to sort of go in a different direction. <laughs> but I mentioned to you um, the amount of people coming to New Zealand oh, yeah. as tourists mm-hmm. with drones in their bags. Yeah, right. The number for one calendar year, mm. over 200,000 people. <laughs> over 200,000 people landing in New Zealand had a drone in their case. Yeah. A drone in their suitcase. Now, that's massive. That's crazy. And I think there was close to 230,000 people that owned drones in a population of 4 million mm. in New Zealand. That's like a percentage. <laughs> it's exploding. And it's it's exploding. You can tell it's exploding because there's lead stories on current affair shows, um, news shows about drone peeping toms and all this sort of shit. They have no idea that, about the tech. They don't understand the tech, right? When you go out with one of these things, you literally, in order to see a person's face, you need to be within two or three metres from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no peeping tom. It's not like they can be 50 metres away and zoom into your backyard and all this shit. Um, and people that do the wrong thing are going to do the wrong thing anyway. You know, if people are going to peer into people's houses, they'll do it from behind bushes outside your window and things like that. They don't need a drone to bloody do it. Yeah. And what do we do? Do we do we take away binoculars and mm-hmm. and camera lenses and all the rest of it? It's but it's that knee jerk thermostat reaction. You know, mm. that's just you know that bad one bad thing happened one time. So let's fuck everybody off. And, and it's also it's very new. So everybody's a bit. Um, Nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, maybe the world will flip upside down because there's too many drones yeah. or something. Yeah. But what t- typically sort of happens is like everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then like, oh, everything's normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have made it. It's worth noting that they have Excuse made it incredibly easy to fly the fucking things. Yeah. Yeah. You literally release the sticks on the on the controller and this is a- And it automatically doesn't crash. 
you, you just this is <laughs> this is a controller here, and obviously you you open it up and stick your mobile phone or iPad um, into the bottom part, and there's your two thumb controllers. If you're going wrong, you literally just release your thumbs mm. and the thing just stops dead and hovers there. Yeah. And it will hover there forever until it runs out of power. And then, but what does it do, Dan, when it runs out of power? <laughs> it uh, tells you that it needs to go home or it goes and lands. It just yeah. brings itself back home. <laughs> yeah. It comes back to almost within a metre of the exact place that it took off from. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fantastic. They got, I think someone set a record the other day with a Spark or an Air, one of the smaller drones, mm. four kilometres, 4.4 kilometres. Mm. That's some pretty serious distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, considering what you're dealing with here, you know, pretty small stuff. All right, well, I'm, I'll am i show you an image. Okay. Okay, cool. We have a Phantom? No, that's not the image. Oh. Hang on. Let me try that again. Oh, yes. This looks like it's from the future. <laughs> and I would believe it's from the future, <laughs> except it looks awfully a lot like a, a Dyson van, a fan. And I've stood in front of a Dyson fan and, and the very few times we're sort of pretty tech um, aware in the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all pretty aware of the sort of things that are going now and then something will go past and you go, oh, that's pretty interesting. I see where that's coming from. But when I stood in front of a Dyson fan for the first time, I thought, mm. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what is this voodoo? Yeah. Um, I still don't quite know. I think they're, I don't know whether they're horizontal spinning uh, screw blade type. Th- I don't know what generates the. It's electromagnetic. The blow. Waves of energy or something like that. I don't know. Um, is, yeah. is it? No, there's no like moving parts involved. There's got to be moving parts. No, you can't generate, no. um, you can't move air without moving parts, can you? Yes. How? How do you do that? I don't know, but I know that there's – I don't know. So remember this – Like I say, blasphemy. You remember this show, you know. Which – Yeah. Because um, that's not right. Like uh, that to me is so foreign to, because um, energy – well, how are you transferring the energy? Like if you're creating wind energy, right? I, I literally don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's some sort of magnetic electric field. Are you taking stored – power in the cell of the battery uh-huh. and converting it to wind energy mm-hmm. without any moving parts. Yes. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> I don't really understand how that works. But I can tell you that the... Uh, Alright, I'm going to have to go home and look it up now. But I'm pretty sure there's no moving parts. Yeah. And if I had to make a guess, which is going to be 78% chance of being wrong. Yeah. There's some electromagnetic field, something or other, that causes some differential in the something and makes the air move. I don't know what it is. Um, it, um, well, what we do know is that <clears throat> somebody is um, developing that technology and sticking it in a bladeless drone Um which is also silent. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, silent droning, that's a whole new ballgame. Well, that'll be the end of civilization. <laughs> As people we know be, it. People will be flying inside other people's houses that's and right. you never know. I will be able to uh, follow you from <laughs> miles away and yeah. you would never know that I was there. Uh, the bladeless drone is exactly what it sounds like. The next generation concept UAV operates on four bladeless propellers. So um, the main bladeless propeller in the centre 
Mm-hmm. He, it provides the lift, yep. and then the three around the edge provide the directional, um, mm-hmm. you know, y- your mm-hmm. role, all that pitch uh, control. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it looks like a tricopter, this new drone has a main air duct which acts as a propeller in the middle of its body and three other propellers to control the direction. May, it may seem something out of a sci-fi movie, but this UAV has actually won an international award for its concept design called the Red Dot Award, mm-hmm. um, which sounds sounds like they've uh, <coughs> it's an official uh, sounding award. Um, the bladeless drone may be f- may be far from actual production, but here is a sneak peek video, and we just showed you the video up there. How does it fly? <coughs> Um, so basically, yeah, it's based well, on the same. First of all, does it fly? Um, well, it's based on the same. The UAV was created to eliminate traditional propeller blades and drone noise, reducing the noise levels on drones. Is always a plus for com- uh, communities concerned with the drones' buzzing noise, especially since NASA just conducted a study which provide which proved that people found drones to be more annoying than cars. Mm, okay, I can I get that. It is a unique noise, isn't it? It's, it's higher pitch than a whippersnipper, and yeah. a whippersnipper <clears throat> is annoying as shit. Mm. When someone fires that a whip- leaf blower or something, yeah, or when an someone, drill. Yeah, uh, what do they call that overseas? A whippersnipper is uh, an edger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, when someone fires that up over the back fence mm. on a Saturday, doesn't matter what time it is and what you're doing, whether you're asleep or wide awake, you really want that to stop quickly. The noise of the drones, though, doesn't carry very far. If you're buzzing around people's heads, that'd be annoying. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you only have to be up 20, 30 metres, pretty much the operational height. Yeah, I think so, too. It's pretty, it goes pretty quiet, pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. Um, who designed- so, first of all, we do have a flying prototype. Is that what, is that what that's saying? Uh, the bladeless drone was designed by a man named Edgar Her- Herrera, and it was featured in a magazine for international product design called, I believe... At this stage, it's a design. Right. But depending on the tech, like if it's what you say, where there's no moving parts and it's just sort of ion transfer, magnetic ion transfer or something like that, I can imagine that could be potentially quite passive. You need a lot of – you need a lot of movement of air to lift something. Off the ground, mm-hmm. especially if it has a payload. If there's some kind of gimbaled camera and battery, battery. The batteries are, batteries be are heavy. Yeah. So there has to be. I don't know. I've stood in front of a Dyson fan before, but I've never stood on, in front of one going full ball. Mm-hmm. Have you? Uh, do they I have don't some. Know. I've, do they have some kick. No idea. Anyway, if if people know if people own a Dyson van, drop us a link in the Facebook chat or in the in the YouTube chat or something, and tell us if you believe this thing can work. I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking it will. He's won an award for it. I don't think they'd be giving awards away to people that are just pie-in-the-sky ideas that are... Nonsense. Yeah, just dribble yeah, and waffle. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's a work in progress. This UAV is still in the design stage, so it'll take some time to implement a camera. The weight distribution will drastically change the more, the more electronics installed. So this bladeless drone design will inevitably change over time. So, yeah, it's design stage. But it has a very good carrot at the end of the stick, doesn't mm, it? Mm. I can see <coughs> I can see military use here. Couldn't, oh, yeah, yeah. Couldn't you? Very sneaky. Does that already exist? Are they already using that? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe they've got a 
patent on it or something or other? I did. I did read recently that they, the U.S. Army was intending within X amount of years to provide a small mini drone mm. to every soldier in the field. Oh, yeah. So you would have spare magazines for your <laughs> for your gun and rations, whatever, and somewhere in your flak jacket you'd have a little mini drone. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine in, in, a, in, the, in the theatre uh, of conflict – being able to see over that ridge or over that hill, like what is that's where we get the term custer decision. When you're in when you're in business or in life, you have to make a custer decision. Mm. General Custer had to make a call. Well, as depends on which side of history you fall on. Um, but the the term custer decision comes from him having to make a call, and he made a call thinking that it was only a couple of Indians because that's all he could see. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand that there were hundred thousand or so over the just over that little rise over there that he couldn't see past, mm. and it cost him and all of his boys a, a big toll. So in war, being able to see from a elevated perspective like that mm. um, at will. That'd be pretty handy, wouldn't it? I mean, the next sort of question is, you know... Do we need soldiers? Yeah, equipping every drone, every soldier with a drone yeah. might turn out the other way. Does does the drone Let's actually equip need... equip every drone with a soldier. Yeah, does the drone actually need a soldier attached to it anymore? Exactly. Which is pretty interesting. I think that's probably closer to the truth, isn't it? But then again, is it cheaper? Like, if it costs you... We've seen this in the past, that, that they have the ability to... Do, the military has the ability to do something that can save lives and put less lives in danger, but it's very expensive. So they just put lives in danger. Humans are pretty versatile. They can climb over walls and yeah. knock down a door and yeah. climb up a ladder and, you know, look yeah. under a rug. You know, drones not necessarily yeah. as flexible. You can self-destruct a drone. Yeah, probably can't get away with self-destructing people, <laughs> but I wish they—I bet they wish they could. Probably because they they know all the secrets and all the call signs and all the codes of the day and all that sort of stuff. The torture'd be a thing of the past. So yes, uh, the uh, the I, I did have a look at another um, propellerless drone, but it's not really. It's it's not really a propellerless drone. Have you heard of an um, an impeller? Yes, and which in, is like a screw in you know water. It's like yeah, uh, they use them in to, to submarines. I think have impellers. Impellers they? are um, they might. I know that in an outboard boat, that's what's used to bring water in to cool the motor. Okay, um, and an impeller is like um, uh, an well. Uh, a hairdryer is like a form of impeller where the oh, air gets okay. sucked in the side. Oh, okay, and then shot out somewhere and else. And the fan is flat-bladed that spins around oh, and right, it shoots right, out right, this right, way. Right, 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 You know what I mean? Yeah, so it doesn't sort of cut through the air. It pushes just yeah. big gobs of air. Exactly. It yeah, doesn't yeah. suck it in and then blow it in a, in a line out that direction mm-hmm. like a normal propeller. Mm-hmm. Um, it channels it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Impeller. Well, s- imagine four hairdryers... Facing the ground, <laughs> right, where the air is getting sucked in the side and then blown down here. Yep. I've got a feeling impellers are a more efficient, um, both noise-wise but also um, power-wise. I want to see a hairdresser version of this drone yeah, yeah. for hairdresser technology. Yeah. It's, there's, there's something Mythbusters about four hair dryers. Yeah, yeah. Can it be done? Yeah. Can it, can it fly and dry your hair at the same time? 
So it's cool that um, we're sort of, we've mentioned it, we're on the edge of a wave and um, we're, we're lucky to be on the wave. We're not sort of trying to catch up with it. We're on it. And because we're on it, stuff like this is all around us and there there's new models coming out all the time. Um, the the uptake by John Q. Citizen is huge. Mm. That forces the market. Mm. Um, funny thing, <coughs> if you watch a lot of American news and of recent times – more people from abroad are watching American news. Quite often, they will show the stock numbers come up at the bottom of the screen, even though you might be watching more yep. mainstream news. For a couple of months, I thought um, they were showing um, DJI stocks. They're not. No. That's the Dow Jones oh. Index. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, why are they always like, they're never showing BHP or, or you know. This is bigger than I thought. Exxon or any of the big players. They're always showing this drone company. And then I realised, no, that's the Dow Jones Index. <laughs> so that's my blonde moment. Very good, very good. We learn something every day. All right. So um, how about we have a look at some of our, product content that we've been able to squeeze out of our drones. Um, I've got a couple of shots to show you. Okay. This is my first shot um, that I'll show you. I might flip our screen over here. So this is a bit of a test. Most, oh, This is all testing. You know, we're, we're, we're sort of up trying our ND filters and uh, our settings in the camera. Lots and lots of settings for manual setup of the camera in the in the drone. Um, and what you're looking at here is an ND filter shot of a sunset. Um, heavily processed to remove noise, which I'm going to discuss shortly. And just in the bottom corner over here, you, yeah... If you're watching, because I've got this on uh, a bit more of a share here, you'll see down the bottom corner here, there's a bride and groom. Oh, right, okay. So that's me in the centre here standing in the oh. middle of a paddock, <laughs> and then I remember <laughs> flying this drone back towards me, and I looked over my right shoulder, and out of out of nowhere came this bride and groom, <laughs> and I'm thinking, where the fuck did you come from? Because there was no car there, there was nothing. There was just, And I'm in literally in the middle of nowhere. Someone else obviously dropped them off or something. So they were getting photos taken of this beautiful sunset as well. Um, there's another shot that I've got which is taken up in one of the pine forests outside of Canberra. So this is a top-down shot with the gimbal pointing straight down, mm. um, nicely sort of colour-graded. Um, the raw footage, uh, we, we shoot in raw, mm. untreated, unprocessed sort of uh, film. And uh, so this has been <coughs> colour-graded. It's also had a, um, uh, a denoise on it mm. as well. And... Speaking of the noise, I've got this still image to sort of uh, help us understand what I'm talking about with noise. Let's see if I can zoom in here a little bit. So this is a 4K image. So realistically, this is the noise in the shadow. It's it's not very easy to spot in any other areas. You can certainly the can't... The sky is pretty clean. The sky is clean. Nicely. The reflection's nice. clean. Even this here in the waters here is pretty clean. Not in the shadow parts of the water. Um, but definitely when you take a harder look in these shadow areas of the tree, mm. um, and it's much, much uh, easier to see when it's full motion footage. Mm. 
because that noise dances. Every mm. frame, the noise resets itself. Boils. Um, and it boils around the screen, and it's just terrible. Yeah. Now, I'm still – the school's still out for me. Dan and I haven't been out. We're still going to go out and take identical footage on identical settings and see if we get the same amount of noise because mm. there is a bit of – I watch, I've been through the forums and some people have had problems with the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and DJI, just like any product, it's reasonably new tech. Um, you will get some bad models. Some come off the sh- off the off the floor a little um, dodgy. And they DJI are really quite good. You mm-hmm. can send it back and um, they'll they'll replace it. Yep. Um, especially if you can prove it with some of this type of stuff. But realistically, I expect better than this. This is a broad daylight, um, good light. Um, you can tell that it's good light because the noise is only here. Um, it's not, as you say, in the sky. It's not in these other areas where, the, where you would expect to uh, to see it. So the school's out a little bit. But if I take that shot and show you how I've treated it, this is actually the raw footage. Right? Yep. So, so this is 4K... Um, raw footage and because it's 4k being played back on a 1080p screen mm. the noise is somewhat minimized mm-hmm. it's it's sort of cancelled out a little bit mm. the pixels if you can imagine for every four pixels in a 4k image they become one pixel yeah because averages it at sort of out yeah because yeah. there's four 1080 images in a mm. 4k image um and so it takes the average of and and you find that a lot of the noise disappears mm. and i've got a feeling that's the problem mm-hmm. that that the algorithm that's in the camera the software that's controlling the 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 camera uh, the the lens is not really up to the task for 4k footage um it's it's just not doing the job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we've found a plug-in for After Effects and Premiere, Neat Noise Reducer, I think it is, or mm-hmm. um, Neat Denoiser. <laughs> and this is what you can get. And if you freeze on any one of those frames, I can't, unfortunately, blow up um, Windows 10 being a, a virus on society, I can't stop the footage and blow it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if I pause it, these are those areas in here where all that noise was, and and even just to the <coughs> naked eye, you can see that. It, and this is 4K, so mm-hmm. this this hasn't been um, um, converted down. This has also had a post, like it's had color color correction mm-hmm. um, or a LUT applied mm-hmm. to it. Um, I, I found a LUT. There's there's some really good videos online. I don't have links to them at the moment, but if you do a search on YouTube for uh, lookup table or L-U-T, LUT, um, a lookup table is a way to bring raw footage from a camera back to an RGB um, balance that is right for screens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Every camera, every sensor and software combination um, produce different LUTs, or at least you need a different LUT for every camera and software combination, sensor and software combination, in order to get the same balanced look for an RGB Mm. uh, screen. So it's like a sort of a conversion. Yeah, it does a it takes it from raw and brings it to RGB, mm. but it does it in such a way. And I don't want to get into a long-winded. We'll go over this when we do our project that we'll talk about shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but basically it's a it's a graph it's a um um, it takes you from the shadow to the highlight, mm. and it's it's not when we film it's linear. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, RGB, like the televisions that people watch and the computer monitors that people use, and the laptops and phones and things like that, they're in RGB space, and that is not linear. It has mm-hmm. a curve, mm. and you, you've got to get that curve right in order to go from the the linear to the RGB without losing detail or washing out or making your shadows too dark or whatever. And it's unique to every device. Yeah. Once you find it, you keep it because you'll be able to use it for every piece of footage you ever use. It balances and brings it to a neutral state. Mm -hmm. Then you colour correct and grade on top of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So you apply your LUT and then you grade after that. So what you're looking at here is had a LUT applied to it and then a colour grade to uh, give it a bit of it. You can see there's vignetting happening around the edges along the bottom just to give it a bit of a cinematic feel. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to see how far I could push the footage after having the noise reduced Mm. of it. And this is part of the um, fun slash challenge of this whole thing is Mm. to... um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you've got to juggle, and that's, you know, like I said, it's part of the challenge. Mm. You've got to find a location. You've got to find a location that you can fly in that other people won't bust your balls. And you have to find, you have to be able to get down there on a day that's going to have good lighting or correct lighting or the right lighting. Weather's got to be right. And can't have too much wind or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a whole bunch of settings inside the drone for yep. the camera that you've got to monkey with. Almost the same amount that you would expect in a DSLR. Yeah, um, yeah. It's you know it's ISO sharpening, and shutter contrary, speed, and, contrast and stuff yeah, in there as well. Absolutely, and then there's legalities. There's places you can and can't fly, and, mm. and in every country there's different rules. Mm. Uh, in Australia, we we basically have an app mm. that you can you can literally bring open a free app and say I'm here, and it'll say yeah you can fly there or no you can't fly there. And then there's post processing stuff. So getting all of those things to line up that's the challenge of. And, you know, producing a cool shot at the end here, mm. that's actually, you know, after many attempts on many days, that's the, the pick of the litter that sort of pops out at the bottom of the, the sausage factory. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And so, yeah, well, that's what you're looking at. Post-processed, nice day, drone flat and level, settings good. It's not bad. Like, yeah. I, I, this is sort of about 80% to where I would like to um, yeah. to take it. Mm. Um I, uh, and through further experimentation and getting used to the settings and things like that, I think we can make up an, at least another 10, mm. 10% quite quickly. But it's like anything. You know, you can get to 90% quite reasonably, easily, easy. reasonably quickly yeah, yeah. and then it takes you – what do they say? It's, it's impossible to It takes get. you 10% <laughs> of your time to get 90% of the way yeah. and then 90% of your time to get the last 10%. Yeah. And in a creative world, everything that, – that applies to absolutely everything we yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we're at that point now where we're, we now have to – Tweak everything to to learn, you know, what are the tolerances, and then you got to remember it and kind of get a feel for it, so yeah. that when you walk out, you know, you look outside the window, you think to yourself, ah, oh, this would be a good day for my ND8 polarized filter with the settings on the camera like this. If I go down to this place, you know, I should be able to get a good shot. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I think that's part of the adventure of it. You know, mm. you have to have all of these these apps and you have to like plan out a trip and you have to drive out there in the car and it takes it's, half an hour or an hour and you know it's, you've it's only got bit, 20 minutes on the battery so yeah, you can't yeah. be screwing around yeah. you got to get out there and do your thing yeah, yeah. and there's risk yeah you know you go yeah. uh, um if you don't go at the right time you miss your window and all that sort yeah. of stuff yeah um 
And if the wind's up a little bit, you got to be like, yeah, oh, you know, maybe it's maybe I can do it today. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of it's like cooking, isn't it? Where if you put a pinch of something in, it drastically changes the the thing mm-hmm. depending on what that thing is. Mm-hmm. And then you can put a whole handful of certain things in, and it won't change anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And cooking is all about tolerances, isn't it? It's about, you know, you, you, I can do this, but only between those two tolerances, mm-hmm. right? If I go beyond that, I'm going to ruin it. Mm. Whereas that thing there, I've got a much bigger range and everything has a different range. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you've got, to, that's why you have to be an apprentice and you have to learn because you've got to learn through experience. And I think photography is the same where you go out, you're using different lenses and different settings and ISOs and white balances and all this sort of stuff. And you're learning those tolerances, and only through trial and error can you learn those tolerances. I think you could read books and you could read magazines. Mm. You could even sit down with a pro and maybe get a little bit of the way. But it's not until you get out there and start to play with them and see the end result and be able to say, okay, well, I've got to be careful with that setting. This here is fine. I can ramp the hell out of it. But if I start ramping the hell out of that, it's going to ruin everything to this degree. And it's not just one thing. It's multiple things playing together. So the sun's position plus the ND polarized filter that you've got on, yeah. plus the ISO settings, you know, there's only sort of a few combinations of all of those things that are going to get good results. Yeah. So it's not just one thing you got to know, but how all those things add up together. Yeah. Yeah. This this footage, by the way, is shot with the um, the 180 rule where yep. you, you set the frame rate mm. of your footage to capture, and in this instance it was 24 frames per second, mm-hmm. and then you double that amount as the shutter speed. Yep. And that gives you the motion blur that you need because that's a big problem with these cameras on these drones is that because they're meant for consumers, you know, and prosumer sort of entry level, mm. not the professional end of things, um, they try to – they set the, uh, I guess, the gamut of light um, a little bit on the high side so that you're bringing more light into the camera – but that's only any good if you set the ISO higher. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we get a lot of noise if we set the ISO high. So uh, for someone that wants a professional uh, product, you need to set the ISO lower, um, at, at 100, you know, as, as low as you can get it. If you set it lower, it darkens uh, – sorry, blow, blows all of the light out, right, right and everything's really, really bright, mm-hmm. es- especially if you set, <coughs> set the shutter speed to 50, Mm-hmm. It's it's open longer, so it's letting more light into this into the camera. Um, so that's why we use ND filters. So what you're looking at here has been shot with an ND filter. Essentially, that's sunglasses for you. Sunglasses for the camera, absolutely. Yeah. And we've yeah. got ND filters for these. They come in little uh, three packs and six packs. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a, a four and an eight and a sixteen ND filter for for this camera. Um, they're only sixty bucks, so eighty mm. bucks or something like that to get the three. And then you can set them for whatever day brightness that you're dealing with, mm. and that way you can get the motion blur. Because if you don't use an ND filter, you have to lift up the ISO, if you lift up the ISO, or you have to um, raise the shutter speed. Um, and if you raise the shutter speed, you lose motion blur. And a straight away it feels mm. weird. And I like the idea that, um, you know, you can set it to 24 frames per second mm. and thus set the shutter speed accordingly to yeah. 50, mm. or you can set the uh, frames per second to 30. Yeah. And that set the shutter speed up to 60, 
And those two will have a different effect. You'll mm. get more or less motion blur, plus mm. it'll affect the brightness because the shutter speed's open longer, so it'll get more light in. Yep. So learning those two and what that produces and how that affects the other things, yeah, that's yep. part of the complexity challenge that's, I don't know, that I find really interesting. A shout out to uh, to Mike Crippen, <clears throat> who is uh, a friend of the show, listen, <laughs> listening from uh, from Adelaide. Um, we're not. Uh, he's wondering what, why we're not uh, selling the brand uh, and branding the scotch that we're drinking. We're not drinking scotch, Mike. For some reason, we're drinking. We we, we every show we've been drinking scotch. Yes, except this one, it's, it's white wine. Some sort of Pinot Grigio. <laughs> <laughs> But then again, this show is probably very different to our normal show <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's good to know that uh, that Mike's keeping tabs on us from uh, from the land of the long big shark, which is Adelaide, South Australia. He is still down in SA, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes, um, how about we have a look at some of your most recent footage because that's going to lead us into... Projects and stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to flip over to you, yeah? Oh, yep. Hang on, let me... Machine, machine's gone to sleep. Tell me when it's awake. Um, so, yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, okay. We're getting there. You know, we're, we're, what's positive <coughs> is we're really rookies in yeah. the field, and yeah. yet we're able to create some pretty cool mm. stuff. Mm. Um, and we're learning, you know. You learn things like if you take off from below... From below a dam, yeah, you got to be very careful about what it's telling you about your height, <laughs> because it'll always tell you the height relative to the point it took off from. So if you take off from a mountain mm. um, and then you fly down into a valley, it'll say a negative altitude. Mm. Um, so it's not sea level or any of that sort of stuff. It's literally from the point it took off from. Yeah. Um, so when you take off from below a dam and then you want to fly up over it. You got to be very careful uh, that if you lose sight of it, you, you wouldn't want to bring it down unless you absolutely. The other thing sure. to remember is that the little antennas on the front of the the uh, controller, they're kind of light waves. Mm. You can't see them with your eyes, but it's kind of like shining a light. Mm. Um, and you know that that you can set it on the two point four gigahertz versus the yeah. five. Uh, throw up, throw over to my screen the things on there. Um, what I understand is the difference between that. You, you can set the controller to be um, at a low gigahertz range or a high gigahertz range. Yes. And I think one of them is more directional. One of them requires more straight line. Yeah. And the other yeah. one penetrates things better. Okay. And it's the same in your house. Like, it, mm -hmm. it's the same. It's a similar tech to your Wi-Fi at home. Mm -hmm. It's the same tech as your Wi-Fi. Mm. And originally, your router in your house that was sending Wi-Fi throughout your house mm. wasn't five gigahertz. Okay. It was the lower... And point whatever. Yeah, which yeah. which is a lower stri strength signal, uh -huh. but it penetrates walls better. Okay. The other one is a higher strength signal, but it doesn't penetrate walls very well. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to work out your needs. The fact that you get a choice in these remotes is pretty good. I think one is also more – one is more directional, I th yes. think. Yes, So you can set one if you're flying around behind yourself or off to the side. Yeah. But if you want to fly sort of long distance, you mm. set to whichever one it is, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, and that'll send a more directional beam that'll go further in the direction that you're pointing it in. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the 5 gigahertz is the directional one. Yeah, you might be right there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that has an implication if you're flying the drone where you can't see. Yeah. 
So if you're going over the top of the dam and you're down below at the bottom of the dam, yeah. um, that's where you can get, um, yeah, you can lose contact. And you tend to lose visual before you lose control. Yeah, yeah. And um, it'll give you a warning and say, it'll say low signal, you know, return to base, return to base. And you got to, yeah, there's some little things you've got to learn and you've got to be careful because it's a $1,500 um, learning curve if you're not <laughs> yeah. if you're not careful. And flying over water is great. Which but... we seem to do a lot of. <laughs> yeah, strangely. <laughs> we seem to do a lot of flying in places where if that thing comes down, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're never getting it back. Even if it floated, we're never <laughs> going to get it because none of us are going in that water. We'd be dead by the time we swam to it. It's that cold. Um, so this is one of the shots that we've been um, – one of the locations that we've been um, – Using yeah, this is Scrivener Dam. Yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, in the ACT. Um, so your shot was actually just a little bit up behind where the drone is at the moment. And this is the dam at the end. So if you freeze it there, yeah, that's you. Yeah, I'm over I'm here, way down over there. I thought so, and yeah. and so I took my shots from behind on the top on the high side of the dam. Yeah, off yeah. to the right of this shot. Here. Well, we'll go and check out some maybe some of the stills. I've got these kind of lined up here. So basically, explain Dan what we've got in mind. What, what are we going to do here? We're going to um, we're going to shoot some footage. Yep. We're going to track it. Yes, we're going to do some camera tracking. Well, we'll, we'll first we'll do a little designing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to shoot some footage and do a recce of the location, which you've you've sort of done here already. Mm-hmm. We're going to take that recce, maybe do some paint overs and come up with some stuff <coughs> that we're going to do to this dam, <coughs> um, mm-hmm. whether we change the wholesale, change the design of it, turn it into a hydroelectric powered scheme or something or put a big crack in it or whatever, hopefully avoid fluid dynamics, <laughs> right? Um, but we're going to do something in the CG world to add to this shot. We'll design that first. And, design, and to make sure that we got what we need, design-wise, um, <coughs> with the foot, with the with the background footage. Well, we might need to sort of think about this because um, what I want to do first of all is get a bunch of footage, get the tracking happening, um, and once I've actually built the world for the track, then you can actually go and film more footage and drop it in. Mm-hmm. And then it sh- should integrate into that world and it will be kind of automatically very yeah. quickly tracked. Because you're not changing Ish. you're right? not changing the pivotal things that that um, that make tracking work, which is focal length, um, sensor size, those things will stay the same because you're using identical camera mm. and using identical settings for, for want of a better term. And the camera is locked as far as its angle, field of view and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Once you create the world in CG to match, all you need is reference points. Yeah, so it'll create this sort of 3D version of the world slash dam in the 3D tracking software. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, um, new footage can be just sort of added in yep. to that. Um, and then you can choose to do kind of whatever you want. So if you want to fly a spaceship over there, cool. Excuse me. If you want to put something on the the bridge there yep. or or whatever, yep. that'll all be prepared. So it'll be very flexible from then on. Yeah, yeah. No, this it's it's a bit of a luxury, isn't it? Normally, with this type of workflow for 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 film, mm. they decide what it what's going on before they shoot. Yes, we yeah. we get to shoot. Yeah, and then we get to decide what we're going to do. And the problem of often with you know tracking is that you'll get ha- sort of handed some footage that you won't have any control over. Yeah. So you, 
that's why I'm doing it in reverse at the moment, yeah. where we make sure that it's very controlled, yeah. so that we can get the best result, and that we can focus on <clears throat> on certain processes that we want to focus on, and not get stuck, you know, trying to wrangle some shit that doesn't work. So this is, um, I was looking for somewhere. We could, this is part of that sort of adventure, right? You've mm-hmm. got to get all of these things have to come together. So I wanted to get a place that we could get access to and return to multiple times. Mm-hmm. So not every place has that. Yep. I wanted to have somewhere that had lots of geometry in there. Lots of structure that you know that they're right hand. Yes, they're you, straight that, lines or they're... That handrail that runs all the way along that, yeah. you know that that's all level. You can be confident that that's level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was lots of that sort of geometry in there that was very predictable, so it's fairly easy to make models mm-hmm. um, and then set up that sort of 3D world. And this is the first place, after lots of scouting around, this is the first place that I've found that kind of is starting to fit that bill. Mm. But every 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 place has its challenges. This one has a strong contrast in light and dark issue. Yeah. Especially so in sun, winter. In summer, it wouldn't be such a bad problem because mm. it... During the midday, that sun would be directly would above swing that. Swing around, yeah, and it would be sh- it would shoot light down on. Oh, the true. Side. No, no, no. Directly above, yeah, higher up. Yeah. In winter, I don't think it ever lights this <clears throat> side of the, the dam. Yeah, so the dam is always has a bit in shadow. Yeah, it's it's, and it's, south, fairly, it's almost south facing. Fairly deep shadow, so I had to fiddle with the settings on the mm. camera to get that level of. Um, Balance between the very, very, very bright and the and the dark, and then also there's another shooting issue that if you're going towards the sun, obviously you've got to have the settings and possibly even the ND filter on the camera yep. set for that shot. Yeah, and if you're going away from the sun, you've got to do similar things. So this is why you know you you know it's a bit of a challenge. You have to say, okay, I need to get a shot of going into the sun, so I have to set up the drone, including the filter, fly it up there, get the shot. And then fly back and swap over the filters if you're going the other way. And, you know, there's a chance that you'll stuff it up. There's a you know, very good chance. I don't know. I'm still inexperienced with it. And there's a good chance you – because you're actually trying to monkey with lots of buttons on yeah, the controller, yeah. right? And yeah. so there's a there's a, there's quite a good chance that you'll press the record button and then accidentally press the change to photo button and it'll, it'll do something stupid. And the whole time you're keeping $1,500 in the air. Yeah, and you're trying to make sure it stays in the air. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are some of the early morning. You can see lots of the mm-hmm. the, the fog and stuff. Mm-hmm. Still a bit difficult to get the the balance um, up here somewhere. There should be the um, the bracketed. Um, oh, you images. did. You did. Yeah. Some yeah. Sort of HDR so, type bracketing. Yeah. So this is why this drone is just packed with features, man. Mm. It can do this bracketing thing. So if we have a look here, one, two. Three. It's taken three different shots. When I just I set it up and just press one button. Three different exposures. Uh, three different exposures, and then you can, um, um, yeah, manipulate that that image to get um, to pull out the level of detail that you need. You can combine the three into a, a <coughs> HDR and then balance. <coughs> yeah, um, and pull the LUT from it. And yeah, so here I've got another one. So again, I have to. Um, I probably have to make a bunch of. Um, We'll have to take a bunch of reference shots of this bridge for the... So anyway, I'm probably going to have to take a bunch of these three mm. bracketed images and then combine them together so that I get nice, clean reference shots of the bridge mm-hmm. to build the 3D world. And so are we thinking about projecting? So are we going to um, replicate the... Do some kind of drone move mm. at, almost as a reference 
and then replicate that move in 3D. Therefore, if we project on all the surfaces, if we recreate this, you know, on some low poly sort of representation, Model, yeah, yeah. and we project the texture from, we could potentially project from the HDRs. Oh, maybe, yeah. And then reshoot it in CG. Yeah. Because we would be reshooting it anyway um, for the CG elements. Well, we want to render some CG element and and stick it in the Mm. the world there. Yeah. You can see the car moving here on these, so the the shutter opens and closes, you know, fairly quickly. Um, So you can see there's a little bit of movement in there. Um, Ah, yeah, yeah. So that's another challenge. It's going to be if there's cars on the bridge, and you can see that there's well, people. We'll, we'll and, have to remove them. Well, maybe we have to paint them out. I think we yeah. have to remove them. Well, that's part of the process, and I think we include that in the project. Or we have to somehow magically um, keep our eyes peeled and wait till there's no cars and then say, okay, go, go, go. You know you can make your own magic. If we take some, some people down there to uh, slowly cross the road <laughs> <laughs> up the street... Um, <laughs> Someone is that someone having a picnic there at what is this at seven in the morning? <laughs> minus five degrees. This crazy bastard. Look, oh, what is that? I people having that. a picnic right here. Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> crazy. That's crazy, man. I know how cold Can that we... is next to that water at that time. Yeah, that is. They're having a picnic. That's weird because yeah. I don't even remember that. No, I was like, oh, okay, no, no, that's interesting. That's some hippie, because hippie shit right there. From man. where I was flying the drone, I couldn't see them. They're over the edge, and that's down a hill. Oh, that's okay, a very yeah, steep hill yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah. <clears throat> so no, I couldn't see them. Well, they would have been pissed that you were buzzing them with the drone. Then <laughs> <laughs> they're peaceful little. Uh, this is where those issues come in, right? Where people are like, "He was try- he was filming me. I was directly looking into the lens of the camera. Meanwhile, I don't even know you're fucking there. Yeah, exactly. And I'm concentrating on like, gotta keep it up in the air. Gotta go left a little bit. Oh, the shutter speed's wrong. Dang it! Press the wrong button. <laughs> I reckon we um, uh, will obviously workshop this, but I reckon we take the cars off or we replace the cars using the cars as reference okay. with <coughs> World War Two Nazi tanks or something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, this. This is a this is a German dam um, in 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 some remote location in in. Um, in the Second World War. We can do something like that. One of the challenges, well, maybe one of the easy what, easy things to do is you just put a submarine surfacing out of the water here or something. Yeah. Well, that's the, fluid dynamics. I told you about that. Well. Get away from it. <laughs> well, okay, maybe <laughs> not that. One of the issues here is see these rails? Yeah. They're very closely spaced vertical spars. Yeah. So they're kind of see-through. Yep. So that might be a bit of a challenge if we're going to composite objects on the bridge yeah, how are we going to handle the I think you could see see that <coughs> see the distinct um, contrast line that you get between the the road deck or the footpath deck there mm. and then the drop over yeah so yeah there's a line oh, here here that's where you chop it yeah, yeah so you cut that out like the old school matte painting stuff mm. that's our matte line mm. so we cut that out and then we put a brand new deck on the top of it all right so um First stage for me is to get enough images that I can get a hack track going. A hack track? <laughs> There's a hack track. That's my term for, that I just invented, for um, getting it working, yeah. right? 
Um, I've got some other footage and some other reference shots. Um, and I did a, in the last couple of days, I did a hack track just as a proof of concept. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a, 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 a slap track. A slap track where I just like just set it up super quick yeah. and just a proof of concept. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that was from some of the other footage and, and reference shots that we shot mm-hmm. um, elsewhere. And, yeah, it was, you know. So this is later. It was coming together. It was coming this has together. got to be afternoon. Yeah, so I went back multiple times. Yeah, so there was a morning the, one and sun, the sun's moved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to go and see where the sun was in the Oh, afternoon. well, that confirms it. That, 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 dam, that side of the dam doesn't get any light. No, you've much. now got yeah. early morning, late afternoon, and we know that during the day the sun is down low near Black Mountain there. Mm. So in a full day at this time of year, we get no light on that side of the dam. Except there's your option, which was you wait for a cloudy day. And do the whole thing overcast. <coughs> do the whole thing overcast, and then you should have um, nice, diffused, oh, perhaps yeah. balanced lighting. That's the way we go. Well, you know, the clouds are bringing yeah. light down from all sides. That's the way we go. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you've got one less, like, undulation on water. Mm. There's one, the, there are three things that make water. There's the mid-tone, the, the shadows, mm-hmm. and the peaks, the, mm. the, the highlights. Specular little highlights. Well, when there's no sun... There's only two. Yeah, true. You only have to worry about two yeah, of them. Yeah, true. You can even see that over there. And it's easier to mat out and to soft, you know, do soft cuts and things like that in them. Um, I, I go, I mean, there's some really nice detail here mm. that we might lose, but I doubt it. I think if we set the ND stuff right, if we if we capture high, if we bracket to the right, mm. um, in the histogram, mm. we'll get all that detail and then we'll just drop down. This there. is the same... Sh- same time of day it's late in that afternoon you can see the shadows over here so Mm. the sun's over on the left hand side and you can see that's coming up quite quite well there's Mm. lots of cool looking detail another thing that i like about this um is about this location is all of these guys yeah those are tracking markers yeah they're awesome aren't they other people might call them boys to keep the (laughs) people out of the dam but Those are pretty freaking awesome tracking markers they that should good. work really well. And we could. So much of this is measurable. Like you can walk out and measure how how wide it is between each one of these handrail um, uh, verticals along the side, right? And if you know the diff- distance between one of those, you... That scales then, the whole you thing. You scale the whole thing. Yeah. And that's how it works in 3DE. You've just got to have two points. Of reference. Yeah. Uh, because you've got tracking markers on everything yeah. and it knows how far all of them are. You just have to tell it how far two yeah. are apart. You know what we should buy? One of those laser measuring things. I saw one of those recently for cheap. Yeah. Oh, cheap how much? Ah, oh, 40, 50 bucks. Something oh, okay. Like that. Because you might actually have to measure things that might be 10 metres. As far as meters. annoying, as far as um, being a menace to society, we'd be complete then. Yes, because we've got lasers as well. We've got laser pointers. <laughs> <laughs> so we can put red dots on people from across the lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. we can buzz them with our drones. Um, <clears throat> just as a side note, um, see here on Black Mountain, mm-hmm. all of this side should be open to fly drones on. In theory. I've not seen anything that says that you can't fly drones around Black Mountain. Although... 
that's a telecommunication tower. Yeah, whether it's going to freak out. I'm, the, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. But that distance there, that's very long. That's a long, long way. Oh, not from here. I mean, if you go closer. Well, you, I was thinking that perhaps you could start to crawl up the side of this mountain with the drone. I wanted to do a full orbit of, <laughs> of Black Mountain Tower, but I don't know. I think they did. Have you seen Blue World Order yet? No. They've got aerial shots of Black Mountain Tower. I've think, seen I drone... think the plot of that movie is they have to destroy that tower. Oh, do they? Because the whole thing's shot around Canberra. I, I think I have seen drone footage of somebody who obviously launched the drone from the tower. No. No? From up in the tower. Yes, I shit thee not. Fucking hell. This is probably somebody who's got a license. There. They'd have to, or they work there. The well, security well, guy maybe. or something like that. I've also seen people shooting in around town, like around the Carillion. And that's well within the oh, five. That's, that's a big no-no. That's well within the five kilometres. So yeah. I don't know if you're in the tr- parliamentary triangle, right? Mm-hmm. Right next to the Carillion is the defence complex for Australia. <laughs> yeah, right? there's there's CIA people in those <laughs> in those buildings, yeah. as well as ASIO, and it Whatever. is literally the defence complex of Australia. Across the lake is Parliament, mm-hmm. right? It's that's the parliamentary triangle. You do not shoot in the parliamentary triangle. Mm. And it's within the five kilometres from the airport. So whether that person had a licence and they could... Because I know you can apply to get access. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So um, that's it. So my next step, I guess, is next Saturday this week, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to head down there and I'm going to take all my first stab at my reference shots. Yeah, nice. Um and then I'll chuck it into 3D and do, do the hack track. Yep. Well, I'll I'll, um, I'll join. The next time you go down, well, I'll go with you with my drone because I want to do some tests too with this noise and make sure that we've got legit mm. cameras. Mm. We've either got uh, – it would, I wouldn't be too devastated if we either confirm that we've both got shit cameras mm. or the cameras are doing exactly what they're supposed to do and mm. we just tweak the settings and things like that. Um, but I'll, I'll come as well, and um, so I think what we could do is is open it up, and and we we ex- we are currently accepting ideas for what we could do with the shot, and what we could do with the dam. Yes, within uh, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if people out there in the in the uh, community have some ideas of what would be cool, mm. once we've done all the prep work and got everything organised. Yeah, yeah, that we'll have awesome. to do some. So we're going to do some tracking, then we're going to do some removal stuff. Um, yeah. Take out the stuff that we don't want there. Um, we're going to do some um, CG integration. Put put some CG in it. That's going to include light matching, um, getting the shadows to all match, things like that. Um, then of course treating the footage, color grading. Mm. Um, now we're doing it through. Um, and do you want to bring it up? I can bring it up if you want to, but we'd have to switch over to my screen. Uh, we're going to do it all through CG Swap. Okay. Do you want me to switch over? Yeah, probably have to if you're going to. All right. So CG Swat is um, a site that <coughs> we've had going for um, ooh, many moons. Let's say maybe seven years, mm-hmm. six years. Something like that, and um, on CG SWAT, there is um, upwards of uh, about two hundred hours of free CG training. 
animation, visual effects, compositing, uh, Nuke, After Effects, 3D Studio Max, a little bit of Maya in there. Um, what we're going to do is in cooperation with CG SWAT and the training aspect of of what CG SWAT does, um, we're going to do some live broadcasts of our uh, creative sessions where mm-hmm. we're literally um, both broadcasting into the one stream mm. um, from our individual studios mm. and then that stream is what's going to go out to um, a, um, a broadcast. Now, what we'll do is um, if we can, we'll simulcast through CG SWAT site mm-hmm. on YouTube um, but we'll also be broadcasting or streaming through Voyage of the Geek mm. as well. Mm. Um, so both channels will hold the stream uh, concurrently. So it's a bit of an experiment. Don't, not sure how it'll work, but we'll probably yeah. start doing like little reports like what we did here. Yep. Plus we can also crack open the software and either be doing the thing, mm-hmm. whatever the little task is or job that we're working on, yep. or a recording of us doing it, mm-hmm. or a report of us doing it. Yeah. So we'll say... Earlier on, you know, last week I did this. And yeah. I'll show you. Here's what I did, and I set up this, and I imported this, and I tweaked that, and that gave me this result. And and it, even I think even if we do um, a movie review show, which is um, also what we like to do on Voyage of the Geek, mm. um, at the end of the show we might just have a quick update of where we are with the project, um, just to to keep people abreast of where it is. Um, we might even come up with a. Um, and we could post it on the Voyage of the Geek site and on the Facebook site, a link to maybe a Mindomo mm. and have a mind map going for it mm. of the process that we're going through. There's probably going to be a load of moving parts in here. So we will probably, our first project will probably have to be a bit of an experimenty yeah. type of a thing yeah. where, you know, it might be a bit of a hack track just yeah. to get the the bed in the yeah. process yeah. and then we can sort of rinse and repeat. And we'll be wrecking other <coughs> sites for filming while we're going, I guess, mm. as well, mm. um, so that uh, version 2.0 of the process will be a little bit more refined. But I guess the, the, that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to the organic nature of it, the, what, the way we're going to stream. It's unscripted. Yeah. Um, it's sort of organised. We've got a plan. Mm. We'll, we'll, the plan is organic and we can sort of manipulate it around a little bit. And we also want people's involvement you know if people you know come up with some cool ideas we want to include that mm. shout outs all that sort of stuff and try to build a little bit of a um an interest i guess in in the th- in the process mm. not the end product it's not a tutorial we're not going to yeah, do yeah, it yeah. Not, it's not a click here as we said there. there's like loads of these things that we're trying to juggle the light the yeah. wind the location the settings yeah. the software so that's part of that's really i suppose what it is yeah. it's just effectively trying to juggle all of those and we're, we're juggling in between the the unknown because we've never done it before, yeah. but there's a whole bunch of stuff um, that we do know mm. and that we have d- have done before commercially mm. and we understand. So that I'm looking forward to as well, mm. where, where people might be interested in learning how somebody that has done a whole bunch of these other things commercially and mm. understands them really quite well, but then we introduce this new factor, which is the drone, which is capturing footage ourselves, and mm. then treating it and getting prepping it and all that sort of stuff, and then t- in- injecting that into that process and seeing how somebody that's used to a process learns that and incorporates that with what knowledge they already have from over here, and then have to source new knowledge and that sort of stuff. So, if people are watching and um, thinking about this at the moment, you know, leave us a comment with some ideas or some thoughts about the project or the the process, or maybe the um, the outcome or the end result mm-hmm. 
or some maybe hints on what you think might be useful to see. Yep. Or what you'd like to see. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's um, I think it's something I've wanted to do for a while, and the fact that we've got a new a new bit of tech to push it through, mm. yeah, mm. yeah, keeps us keeps us interested and keen in some of these things that we might have done a few too many times. And once we've kind of got this, you know, we've also got you know other possibilities. 360 cameras. I want to start bringing in. Absolutely. Um, I want to inco- incorporate into the workflow the sound recording mm. as well. So. We also yeah. want to maybe bring a, a 360 camera into the studio and do a show, mm. do a show with a 360 camera sitting in the middle here or over here or something, and so people get to to be their own cameraman in the show and yeah, uh, pretty yeah. much direct the show the way they want to see it. Yeah, um, you're very good. So we have got some cool things coming up. Um, the next show uh, might be a movie show, might not be. We we, we just play by ear. Yeah, uh, but we'll keep you posted. We'll try and give you a heads up on the Facebook, uh, uh, the Facebook and the and the website when we know and, and Twitter. Yeah, and we'll set up this other one on CG SWAT, and then we'll just slowly iterate through as we as we you yep. know collect footage and start doing the processing. I think Facebook is the place to to get all this type of information. <coughs> it's the one that gets updated the most mm-hmm. and is the most accurate. So yeah, okay. Facebook will we'll always put a little be there. project uh, yep. updates. Yeah, yeah, we will. That'd be good. Very good. Okay, so that's it for another show. And uh, until next time, it's uh, bye for me. And uh, bye for me. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye.